Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. question and you don't have yes. to answer this and we don't have to include it i it's probably fine. will tell me everything but what's the, the deal things. between you and mark like okay in terms of the parenting stuff like how okay. much of it does he do mark is actually very hands-on which i really appreciate but it's more on the weekends that he really takes on a bigger role mm-hmm. is he gets up at six for work um, so by the time he gets home from work and like he works in a sewage plant, so he has to shower immediately when he gets home. Mm-hmm. So by the time he's done all that and then, and he's been working late a little bit because of a big project he's on. Um, by the time all that happens, it's like after five o'clock and Wayne goes down for like seven, seven thirty, usually sometimes <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> Last night he went to bed at nine o'clock. Oh, so- what a joke. <laughs> what a jerk (laughs) um but like mark yeah mark is super hands-on like during the weekend especially like usually one of one of the days on the weekend he'll like let me sleep in and like take take on take wayne on Wayne also adores him so that definitely helps and honestly he's a pretty easy baby Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you just have to kind of like be somewhat entertaining or at least sit by him yeah but yeah I guess it's the hard part for us mm-hmm. to like really make it more like for him to take on more because mm-hmm. I'm still breastfeeding. Yeah. And I was thinking to scale back on that initially. Like my goal always was six months. And I was like, six months. Then at that point, I'll consider like switching him to formula or whatever. Um, which honestly, from day one, I would have done that. I don't see there's no problem with formula. I have nothing against formula. Just it was convenient that i was able to breastfeed right um but now there's a huge formula shortage so i'm a little bit nervous to what's happening what happened why what's going on i don't know what's going on i think it has to do with what's going on in russia maybe a little bit plus covid um what's in formula i have no idea like i think that i think nestle is a russian owned company is what my coworker was saying. Okay. So I don't know if that has had some impact. I, to be honest, I have no idea why it's happening, but I know a lot of people, especially in the States are being affected right now. Um, it seems very short sighted to not have seen that coming. That's the thing. And I don't understand like formula for a lot of babies. There are a ton of women that at some point is you're supposed to formula or breastfeed up to a year. And then mm. you can switch them to whole milk and that's fine. But the fact that, like, not everyone's able to breastfeed, though. Exactly. So there are so many women, especially in the states, where they have to go back to work after three, four, five, six yep. weeks because they're not breastfeeding. They're marginalized. Yes. They're poor. Yeah. They're from communities that aren't serviced by X, Y, and Z. Exactly. They don't have options. So they rely on formula. And now they're not able to get it, which is insane. Um, it's just, I don't understand why the government's oh, not stepping wow, in. Oh, wow, what a surprise. Women getting yeah. short 
shrifted again. Well, that's the thing, right? But it like in this case, it doesn't just affect the women. Like the babies are going to be affected too. And like people start doing dangerous things, which I'm learning about this from Instagram. Thank you, Instagram. Um, yeah. But people like what? start doing dangerous things. Like they try to make their own formula, um, which nine times out of 10 is not a good idea as you can be putting okay. dangerous ingredients in. I need to in. know what's in formula because I honestly. I have no idea. I certainly, I wasn't breastfed. My mom did not breastfeed okay. me. I know that for sure. Um, I think my mom breastfed me for like three, the first three months and then, or like a few months. And then I went on formula. A lot, a, a lot of people use formula for so many different reasons. Having to go back to work, your supply doesn't come in, health issues, like whatever. There's like a million different reasons. Um, and there's tons of people who rely on it. So the fact that there's this huge huge shortage like of all these different brands so it's not even like oh i'll just switch my child's brand of formula um is terrifying but fortunately so far i've been able to breastfeed so i've been very lucky with that but yeah like unless i bottle feed um which would be like pumping and um like prepping Mm -hmm. bottles which we do once a day but just for his sleep feed but unless i do that then i'm on the hook to feed him so that means mark can't really take on that to help out for now but we'll wow. see so here we go okay formulas in formula purified cow's milk whey okay cassian cassian as a protein source and a blend of vegetable oils as a fat source, lactose as a carbohydrate source, a vitamin Hmm. mineral mix and other ingredients. They're not being specific in, and in in addition, apologies, there are infant formulas using soybean as a protein source in place of cow's milk, Mm -hmm. mostly in the United States and great Britain and formulas using protein hydrolyzed into its component amino acids for infants who are allergic to other proteins. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. Like there's all sorts of different formulas for like, if your if your kid has like a dairy allergy or, um, even if your stand standpoint is like, you want your child to be vegan or vegetarian or whatever, then they, you can get formulas that kind of conform to that. Mm-hmm. It just is, uh, it blows my mind. I, yeah. I have, I have a friend, um, in Ohio and she was saying that she was able to get some so she bought like like five five things of it and she was like feeling so bad about it but like you have to feel you have to feed your baby and buy yeah, five no you bit, have to five tins or whatever of of it like how long will that last I don't even know it's just I just crazy. think it's wild yeah it's and, like when it- will it come back like when will the shortage stop and I swear there was a baby boom. Like when I was pregnant, I, there were so, I knew so many other people yeah. who were pregnant and even you now, know what? that's interesting. I wonder, I'm sure there's articles being written or have been written about what's happening with this shortage. And I think that would be an interesting like direction to go in that there's more babies now. Interesting. I never Maybe thought of that. More babies. I never thought like, of that supply chain issues for sure. Like yeah, definitely but, huge I issues. Mean, okay, but again, it's kind of a necessity. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, there's no one else that manufactures formula in Canada. Yeah, that's I mean, that's I guess insane. they wouldn't be able to keep up with supply. I but think, yeah. 
I just hope that they solve the problem or like, yeah, they, the government obviously came together and was able to get like vaccines and all these things. Like there are babies who won't be able to eat. So yeah. maybe we make that a priority. Just terrible. Oh my God. So how much longer are you going to breastfeed? Do you think? Um, yeah, my goal was six months and I was going to like kind of wean out at that point, but, um, now I'm kind of just because of the shortage, even though it's not affecting Canada as much, it is still affecting Canada. So I think I'll just keep kind of trying to go as long as I can. And then we can just switch them to, if that is a year, then that's perfect because then I can switch them to cow's milk at that point. There you go. And I'm going back to work then too. So it would be nice to have a bit of a break. Although now initially breastfeeding was very difficult. Like it was a huge learning curve, but now it's pretty easy. Like I will breastfeed him and just like scroll my phone or like today I ordered a bunch of stuff on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, here you go. Oh my God. Let's do this. Back back to Mark. So how much does he cook? He makes most of our dinners, which when Mm. we were pregnant, we kind of said, okay, like when the baby comes, when he's working, then maybe it makes sense that I cook, but a few points he likes to cook. Number one, Mm -hmm. I like to cook as well, but like, I need to follow a recipe. Like it's a lot more of a process for me and Mm -hmm. I seem to make so many dishes. I don't know how that works anyway. Um, so he like you dirty dishes. Oh Yeah. I'm like, oh, this, this needs like five pots and pans. And Mark does it in one. And I'm like, okay. Oh, maybe if I chose a different uh, order. (laughs) How many siblings does Mark have? He has two older sisters, um, much older, like Kathy, Julie, if you're listening, you're not much older, (laughs) just number of years older. So they're nine and 10 years old. (laughs) (laughs) They're very young. But they're nine and ten <laughs> years older than him. Oh my god! Um, wow. But, but well, yeah, I mean, so, he's Slovenian too. They all know how to cook. Those guys. Yeah, and he also gets like okay lately, and this is why I I have been cooking a little bit more lately, just because um, he's on a job right now that is really stressful, and he's mm. been working a ton of overtime, like fourteen hour days. Sounds terrible. Um, wow, it's horrible. So if I have like a a day with Wayne that I that it kind of that it's easier and i know that he's gonna be working late then i'll just i'll make something yeah um but yeah he likes to cook and normally he gets home at like four ish so okay normally normally so in that case then he's kind of like what's changed like he's coming home from work and he used to cook before we had a baby well, that's good. He doesn't have that expectation that you're going to like do everything. That's nice. Yeah. I think that's honestly nice. he, he took five weeks of paternity leave. And I think that that really, well, Mark's also, you know, Mark, he's very chill and he's a laid back guy. So, <laughs> so you, you're a laid back guy too. We're both laid back. <laughs> you're both laid back guys, <laughs> laid back guys. Um, but it definitely helps that he took the paternity leave because then he saw like how much it's energy it's energy right like it's not just there's no break even when they're napping you're like so frazzled tired and worried constantly thinking about 
you know, what's going like on prepping the, the next thing for them. Yeah, the next exactly. Thing. Exactly. There's no time to do anything else. I get you. that being said, I did take a one hour nap today because I was very tired. That's nothing. Greg takes so that four was nice. hour naps. Don't worry about it. Ooh, he doesn't have a baby. Like he just sleeps. <laughs> he sleeps. That's awesome. He takes three, four hour naps and then he'll nap, fall asleep on the couch while we're watching TV and movies. That's I wonderful. Watch so many things without him. Cause I'm just like, fuck it. I'm not waiting for you anymore. That's I'm fair. Gonna watch. Sometimes you just gotta go ahead. What are you watching? Yeah. I was just, you and I don't talk about this enough because I want to know. We don't. And I have a great show suggestion for you. Okay. Do it. Just tell me. Uh, have you seen Ted Lasso? No, I don't have Apple TV. Um, I will lend you mine. Holy shit. You need to watch it. It's so good. (laughs) It is so good. My parents don't watch TV and I suggested it to them. And my dad, like my dad literally watches zero TV, but is he's been in Florida, like on vacation. Mm -hmm. And so he's been watching and they watched, I suggested it to them when we were like halfway through the first season and they finished the entire two seasons, like a Mm -hmm. week before Merc and I finished the series. Yeah, but they're like on vacation, like you that's said. true. Yeah, <laughs> but oh my god, it's so good. It's with Jason Sudeikis. Oh, honey, I know what Ted Lasso is. Oh, like, you know exactly. Believe me, what it is. I know all kinds of things about this show. It's been people it's have been so yapping good. about it for a few years now, and I'm just like, I oh don't my have, god, there's all these just, Apple TV shows I don't watch because yeah, you know, we haven't even seen the Beastie Boys documentary, which is like a travesty. But I just <laughs> but. I don't know. Is it only like five or six dollars a month or something? Honestly, for me, I, I plan to cancel it after the three months, but I, I just got a new phone. So I get like three months free Apple TV for some reason. Mm. So Ted Lasso's your recommendation. I don't oh, my know. God. It's so good. Yes. What, what do you I recommend would recommend to me? We well, just I don't know. I don't know if you guys would enjoy this or not. Well, may as well try. All right. I just finished a series that's on Crave. You have Crave? Yep. It's called Our Flag Means Death. Our Flag Means Death. I'm looking this up. I got to make sure I don't close my browser because I have a search that I did specifically for this episode. (laughs) You probably know what it is. Um, I'm curious. I wonder if it's the same thing. I didn't look it up though. This was something I was going to research and I didn't. Damn it. All right. Maybe I did. Okay. I recognize quite a few of these actors. Taika Waititi, Reese Darby, lots of great guest stars. Anyway, it's a comedy, but it's also very emotional, similar to probably with Ted Lasso. It's like very funny, but then there's like some sort of very emotional things tied in there. Yeah. A lot of the second season was very mental health based, which was kind of cool. Yes. This is about the gentleman pirate. These people actually existed in real life, uh, Blackbeard and the gentleman pirate and all that stuff. So this is about the gentleman pirate and it is, his name is Steed Bonnet, the name of the pirate. And he's a rich landowner that finances being a pirate. And he has this very derelict, incompetent crew. And anyway, it's very funny and joyful. And Reese Darby and Taika Waititi are amazing. Taika is the best. They have really great guest appearances. Okay. And it's fun. It's really fun and lush and beautiful to look at. As I well. like a fun show with a little emotion. 
I'm in. It's it's what it's really sweet. And also, if you have, I don't know if it's Done. on Disney though. The movie, what we do in the shadows, it was also New Zealand ish. It's got Taika Waititi and a bunch of these people. It's about a bunch of vampires that live together, and there's a documentary. Ooh film crew following them around and it's very funny it's like a little mockumentary it's so funny Brittany. i've watched it so many times and every single time i i lose my shit it makes me laugh all the time it makes me i cry laugh watching that movie i think it's so funny <laughs> okay i'm on it <laughs> and reese darby to mark too yeah what we do in the shadows there's also a tv show called what we do in the shadows which is based on that movie and it's actually that is also very very funny oh yeah no that's that, i think that's what i just found when i looked it up what we do in the shadows three seasons of a mockumentary right but it's based on a film also Merck is now asking me what our crave password is and i don't know what it is <laughs> Yeah. So that's, and then otherwise I watch a lot of reality. I like, like really trashy reality. Okay. So you and everyone else, I don't, I can't get into reality TV. I never I did what either, it is. but I was like, it's a gateway. Like I love competition shows. So there's RuPaul's okay. Drag Race and Top Chef and Project Runway. Okay. Very good competition shows. And then I started listening to a podcast that does recaps of Real Housewives and um, other shows and some vintage okay. reality shows. They do recaps of all different types of shows and they're very funny. So I started watching these shows just as a companion piece. Yeah. And it's kind of fun. It's actually quite fun. Which and Real Housewives are you most into? I need to well, know. based on the podcast I listen to is the Beverly Hills one. And okay. they also do Salt Lake. Oh, Salt Lake, for me, as a person who doesn't watch any Real Housewives, I would just die to watch that. All the Mormons. Are there a lot of Mormons on there? I need to know. Not, I I was baptized Mormon. This is why I'm allowed to say this. Really? Just drop that uh, wow. trivia fact. I'm hoping one day we'll have the, the theology talk. You know, you and I can talk about our sure spiritual lives, <laughs> but there are some ex-Mormons in the show and there's some Mormons that are like real snobs about it too. Like modern yeah. Mormons that are very yeah. particular. So do you still practice? No, no. no. You married a no. Catholic. So there married you go. a Catholic. I'm not particularly religious to be honest. Um, but I do support like we're going to we're going to have Wayne baptized like well, he'll do his first communion like all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. but like for me i'm not really religious but i think it's important to mark and also to his family so that's something mm -hmm. that i appreciate mm -hmm. as well so it becomes important to me yeah i uh greg is catholic obviously as well as i Slovenian. am not is there any other <laughs> i just don't understand it like i've never didn't grow up with it at all i i no, I didn't grow up with any kind of traditional organized thing. Yeah. So I used to always like, I think this is one of the many reasons that Greg's mother doesn't appreciate me, but I just think it's really funny when you go to Catholic church and you gotta, and it's in Slovenian. And then I just like, Oh, we're standing up now. Okay. Oh, now. Oh we're yeah. Oh, we're standing up. Okay, we should good. sit beside each other at the next one because <laughs> I'm literally sitting there like, I have no um, idea what's going on at all. 
I don't know what they're saying, but like, I guess for people that normally do go to Catholic church, it's like, it all follows the same pattern. Uh So even Uh if you don't know what they're saying, you know, that like this thing is coming up that you should be doing. Right. And then I kind of know when it's going to end. Like I have an idea yeah. like, oh, it's, we're getting there. Cause there's a, yeah. the, the thing where you eat the thing. Yeah. Um, I don't go up like Greg, he's always wanting me to go get the goddamn wafer. And I'm like, no, I can, I'm okay. Like God's yeah. not going to punish me. It's I've all right. <laughs> gone, I've gone up like a couple times because as a non-Catholic, I'm supposed to put my arms over you my, do. yeah, the like, thing. Yeah. So I've done that. But at, at the same time, I'm like, I'm the only one doing this and maybe I'm not going to do this anymore. No, I have only done that at funerals. Okay. I don't do it any other time. Like, because that's like, I feel like the most respectful thing to do at funerals personal. It's yeah. my own, it's my own decision. You know, I just make yeah. that decision, but I don't do it at any other time. And I just Makes think sense. it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I just never, and I remember having this talk with Allie when she was quite young, just like 11 or 12. And we were talking about her getting married. And I asked her if she was going to get married in a church. And she's like, well, I don't think, I don't think dad would like it if I didn't get married in a church. Yeah. You know? Oh, I, she's 11. And I said, uh, <laughs> or no, she said, maybe it was something like, I don't think it would be like, she said something about God and God yeah. meaning to do it for God. And I was like, you know what, Allie, God doesn't give a shit where you get married, <laughs> um, you know, get married wherever you want. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder, I'm one of those terrible people that says things like that. When she gets married, <laughs> you'll see if you had an influence on her. <laughs> <laughs> she claims I've had quite an influence on her, but I, I like don't know. It. She keeps That's saying excellent. that. Kelly, I did what you told me to do. And I was like, oh, what did I tell you? <laughs> oh, what was the thing? What was the thing you I, uh, uh, instructed you to do? You? Um, <laughs> I might regret that. I don't you know. You shouldn't have listened to that, but you should have listened uh, to this other thing I said. <laughs> this other thing I said, far better. Yeah, exactly. You forgot about the uh, the footnote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's awesome. Anyway. Well, you... How how long have you been in Allie and Luke's life lives? Quite quite a while. Twelve years. <laughs> yeah. So you've definitely so, for sure you've had an impact on them since they were. I don't know now. Eight or nine. Wow. How what Probably. is their age difference? I don't even know. Uh, like a year change. Like Luke's twenty two. No, he's twenty three this year. Holy shit! Oh wow. Wow. I totally, I forgot that he was 23 <sighs> and Allie will be turning 22 in August. So oh my gosh. Wow. What is that? Yeah. A year and a year and a bit, some odd months. I just feel bad. Like I know because of their age difference, like their mom, I feel bad for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like think, that must have been hell. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I don't know. Okay, so I've had many discussions about this. And I feel like there's pros and cons because it's like you have kids close together, but then they go to Why, school are you pregnant around again? the same time. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. My mom, um, my brother and I are 11 months apart. Yeah. Yeah. What? We're called Irish twins because we're less yeah. than a year apart. So 
Yeah. Oh We're God. the same Were you guys in the same month. breed? No. Because your birthday's in February. His is in January. So. Oh, that's close. We're the same age for one month every year. Yeah. That's wow. nuts. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm not pregnant. Um, <laughs> I, because I had a C-section, they recommend to wait until like 18 to 24 months minimum. Yeah. 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 It's, so it's a lot like, of, uh, recovery. Yeah. Which honestly, just now I'm starting to feel more like able to like, I definitely noticed like muscle weakness in, in the sense of like when I was standing up and stuff, but now I guess I've built the muscle back, but good. Yeah. No, not pregnant. <laughs> well, I'm relieved. I mean, if you were, I Thank suppose you. we'd be celebrating, but I'm just saying for I'm sure we would celebrate, because... but also I would be losing my mind. That would be a nightmare. Like, don't you think that's Honestly. a lot? Cause that well, means my okay. mom got pregnant. What? Two months after she had me yeah. or something. And that's then crazy. Allie's mom, maybe the same amount of time that you are now, like five or six months. Right? Yeah. I don't know how I this think... works. <laughs> yeah no you're right you're spot on maybe seven months maybe there's the advantage of like your kids go to school around the same time yeah they have the same friends yeah but then you also have very young children very close together in age and those first like four years are a lot it's a nightmare it's a nightmare and I just, I know that it's, you're at risk as a woman to experience postpartum depression because of it, because yeah. it's like so much, like so many it's chemicals going through your body and yeah. the physical stress and all these things like, oh, men don't no, appreciate how much you ruin your body for your children. Like your body yeah. is absolutely <laughs> ruined. Like it's I'm true. I don't have kids and my body is ruined, but like if I had had children, it would be like, worse than it is <laughs> like my nipples already point to the ground right but it's like I don't know when that happened I woke up one day I was maybe 40 blah blah and my nipples were not pointing up anymore and I was like <laughs> and you're so like, it oh. begins so it begins okay. and then I had back fat that's new, a new thing I've been experiencing is, oh, okay um, nice back fat it's fun yeah something I'd never had before just because it's all hormones, something new. Man. It's like a new level. <laughs> it's a whole other indignity. That's what I call it. Yeah. Just the indignity of being a woman. And women as have I it told so much you, harder than men. Listen, when we're old, you know what happens is our insides start to fall outside of our bodies. Like gravity takes yeah. hold and all of our internal workings, our reproductive workings start to descend I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's fun. Sense. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. Thanks. It's so wonderful. <laughs> no, I'm just, my friend, she's like this woman I know she's like 91 or two now. And she's just like, no, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, great. Something to look forward to. Thank you. I, I Listen, I talk to her all the time and she's like, I go, how's it going dot? She's like, don't ask. And she's just, she's really, really funny. She just takes like, she just eats a little bit of Percocet just to get through the day, you know, <laughs> just for the pain. <laughs> is this dot is in Dorothy is in or dot short, short for Dor- for Dorothy, I guess. Yes. Dorothy. Dorothy. I love that name. It's so yeah. Pretty. It's a pretty classic name for sure. Definitely. 
<laughs> okay. What do you want to do? Do you want to, do welcome you want to talk our... about this episode? We should. Let's, wa- let's... let's welcome everyone in. Let's, shall we welcome everyone? Welcome. I apologize for not welcoming everyone sooner into our private conversation, <laughs> but here we are. Welcome to Squintcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Brittany. And today we're going to talk about Bones, season one, episode 16. Oh, thank God. Titles. So worried. The woman in the tunnel. Yeah, I know. You screw up the I screw up the episode one time. No, but because of that, I'm like, I was I was looking for it and I was like, are we is this the one? <laughs> oh true. Yes. Like you're looking back, you're like, wait, okay, no, we did record the 15. I, honestly, I did the same thing. I was like, no, we did that one. Did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, yes, we did this. All right. This is an interesting one. Oh, it's good. Also, funny enough, I just opened my two bodies in the lab. Um, no, two so bodies it's... in the lab. Two bodies there in we the go. lab. The right one's open now. <laughs> good, good, good. Glad to hear it. Oh my god. All right. Uh, well, I'm excited to talk to you about this one because there's some interesting interactions. Um, oh yeah. And everyone is being appropriately themselves. I'm very excited. I Um, well to be fair though after we got so much Hodgins in the last episode I feel like he was not really in this episode very much which was a little bit sad but that's fine it's fine with me I'm sure you were okay with that (laughs) (laughs) it was just enough Hodgins for me (laughs) you're like oh perfect basically no Hodgins great but I'm like no No, there was one part he did make me laugh in one part that was okay. quite funny. So well, there we'll we get go. to it. Let's start, start us off. Yes, you go scene ahead. one of 28. <laughs> it's not a lot of scenes actually for I know. Like it was a 41 minute episode, but oh man, this episode this scene is hilarious. So we open with oddly enough, actually, we the very beginning of the episode is kind of like a helicopter view of the city. But then they immediately cut to um, Booth, Brennan, and Zach going down this uh, this access shaft to an under underwater aqueduct. I think um, they're going down this shaft like in harnesses, and they have these ropes that are being let down slowly. Yes, um, they're going down to go and see a body that was discovered. Uh, and mm-hmm. apparently this is the most convenient way to get there. Although Zach <laughs> is not happy about it because oh, it seems no, he's not. <laughs> not great. Honestly, he's... if I were in their position, no, thank you. He's freaking out. Like he's just thinking oh. about how everything can go wrong. And then describing how it could go wrong. <laughs> and Booth and Brennan are like, give me a break. We've done lots of climbing. Everything's fine. But then whoever is controlling these ropes drops them a little, just mm-hmm. like maybe they drop like a couple feet. But it was like pretty bad timing. Zach's face was like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> this is how I die. And then Booth basically forbids them from talking until they hit the ground. Slowly. Yes. They hit the ground slowly. Yes, they, they do. Wow. Yeah, Zach so- was pretty good in this one for sure. Oh, for sure. He's, I feel like just generally he's kind of coming into himself. Yeah, he seems 
I don't know. Something about him in this episode, I felt he seemed more mature or something like that. Regardless, they get to the bottom. Okay. What happens? And they're led to some pretty mangy and sparse remains. And they're being like totally chowed down by rats. Like there's a scene where the rats are just mowing down on all this meat on the bones. This is so funny though, because Brennan asks Booth for his gun. And he's like arguing with her, like, why do you need my gun? I'm not giving you my gun. She's like, just give me the gun. He's like, no. And she's saying, don't you trust me? Like, you should trust me. We've worked together long enough now. Just trust me. So he gives her his gun and she just starts blah, 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 and starts shooting rats. <laughs> she's like, oh, don't worry. Now they'll, they'll eat each other now. Don't worry. They're going to yeah, leave the remains so alone. Funny. I'm like, I like how wasn't she worried about hitting the remains? Like, and was there no concern ricochet, ricochet, ricochet. Also, Booth, he says the thing that I've said before. Remember in the first episode where he did his twirl and he shot rounds at the target? Yes. And yes. that was a service weapon. So he says <laughs> in this particular scene, he goes, you know, I have to write a report every time I fire my service weapon. It's like <laughs> so he had never mad. acknowledged that before, though. No. So thank you, Booth. For <laughs> thank you. He's for listening finally. to us after all these exactly years. all that time. <laughs> the bureauc- bureaucracy, I guess, of the FBI mm-hmm. comes uh comes full. I can't think of words. Just cut that full out. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> full circle. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> there was okay. Mm-hmm. There's a couple things. So yes. shoots the rats. They have a little discussion about how he has to do that. And then she sees this guy like down this corridor and she's like, oh, there's a man who's looking at us and now he's running away. Mm-hmm. I should run after him. <laughs> Was the last episode not her like being kidnapped <laughs> and almost murdered? Does that seem like a good idea? Holy crap. I forgot about that trauma. Did she already, yeah. like work it out? Jesus and she's Murphy. like, mm. I don't, I don't believe in psychology. I'm just going to try to get this guy who she concludes lives down there. She thinks because it's very dark down there. He didn't have a flashlight, but he knew where he was going. Um, anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting, but important to note the body, which was being eaten eaten by uh, rats. There was a shirt and pants. I thought you were going to say eaten out. (laughs) eaten out by rats they're going to town on that body (laughs) (laughs) okay well this body had no jacket or shoes so Mm. just so you know also brennan mentions that they've been working together for months but we're now on episode 16 i really thought it was longer than that but i guess not is that what she says really she says we've been working together for months booth a little trust would be nice. And I was like, months. Huh. I'm Unusual. That's quite interesting. interesting. I really thought it was longer. I mean, uh, yeah, no, it would be longer. I mean, given the fact that a man, the last episode we did, or one of the, a couple episodes ago, we found out that the Jeffersonian, like, Brennan and her Scooby-Doo gang uh, work on other cases without Booth. Exactly, yeah. So huh. I thought that was interesting. I was. It's like, hard. 
it's hard to tell because they don't really show seasons in this show. So yeah. We have yeah. no concept of what time of year. Well, no, we had Christmas. Which is interesting, actually, because Washington, D.C. Yeah, that's true. There was Christmas. And but Washington, D.C. No would know. have all four seasons. Yeah, it would. Definitely. Very curious. Mm. Good good looking out, Britt. I, I have to pay Thank more you. attention to that. That's interesting. Well, I just thought that was, yeah, I just thought that was odd. Mm-hmm. I was like, months. Interesting. And this is a first oh. in many instances in this episode where Booth, everyone is very concerned and anxious about Brennan's safety in this particular episode, I feel. And Booth is like, they are bickering a little bit more in this episode than they have for the last few. Oh, for sure. But it's a, not the same kind of bickering. It's it's just different. It's a different kind of bickering they're doing. Yeah. So I find it, I, well, I found this really fascinating. Their dynamic, <laughs> I think, I think the writing changed based on their dynamic change from the last episode that we watched. Yeah. Where they do have a little bit more trust. I, I think before maybe last episode earlier in the season, for sure, he would never have given the gun to her ever. No. He would have just said no. no over my dead body. Yeah. But hands up giving her the gun <laughs> which is insane but that's he fine. did give her a gun once in episode true. four man and a bear true true man okay. and a bear you're right but it was like a self-defense thing regardless yes yeah. regardless what happens oh we Short have our lived. intro we have our intro we have our intro then we're back Mm. in the lab (laughs) back up one body in the lab one body in the lab lab. (laughs) we have to have a lab song for sure we do okay Mm. we'll we'll figure this out but it is very convenient thank you marnie hunter victim 24 years old 1.7 meters tall left-handed documentary filmmaker she was once in a um skiing accident so she had a pin in her knee which allowed them to match the serial number and figure out who she was. So we're only three scenes in and we already know the, the um, identity of the victim who was apparently only 24 years old, which does not add up to me, but that's fine. No, I agree. Very young. I just realized that right this second, how young that is. Also, how tall is 1.7 meters? I think that is like five, seven. Let's find out. Okay. 1.7 meters to feet oh no not 17 meters <laughs> it is 5.577 okay tiny ah yeah five seven. Oh, five seven. Oh, okay yeah. okay so my height <laughs> tiny <laughs> no god far from tiny but also I guess her fiance had reported her missing 10 days yeah. ago. And Which then Hodgins confirms that she has been dead for 10 days. 
Yes. And <laughs> Booth, for some reason, he never questions the results, but this time he's like, are you sure about that? <laughs> and then Hodgins kind of tries to get into the specifics of like some special type of beetles or whatever. And Booth is like, okay, never mind. I believe you, whatever. But this scene is hilarious because Booth is standing there and he wants to know how this woman died. And so they're listing off various injuries that she had. Um, so like, okay, uh, this <laughs> happened because she it's consistent with her falling feet first. And so Booth is like, okay, so that's how she died. And so she died. Okay. Not necessarily. (laughs) And that's how she died. And we're sad, but that's how she died. And it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So she keeps like, she keeps listing off things that sound like it could be the cause of death. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so that's how she died. (laughs) She's like, no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Oh yeah. So many times. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. It just kept going and going and going. And he gets so exasperated with her. He's like, just tell me how she died already. Yeah. <laughs> but basically the conclusion is she doesn't know how she died. <laughs> so they don't really get anywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, we're at Booth's office now. Yes, we're back at Booth's office. They're interviewing Marnie's fiance. Uh, hey. apparently. Hmm this guy no sorry go on i just want to tell you what? a little bit about this guy oh uh, okay i think we know the my same google thing. search <laughs> <laughs> go ahead what about this guy mr garfield the fiance of marnie mm-hmm. is actor david denman who mm-hmm. played roy from the office and roy was the fiance of pam before she dumped him for Jim. Did you watch The Office? Really? Yes. Really? He has very, very bad luck with women. In this episode and in The Office. Even though I think he actually is married. Now I'm curious. What? Who, the actor? Oh no, he got divorced. <laughs> but now he is married again. Anyway, yes, the actor is married, was divorced once. But yeah, well, Pam didn't die in the office, but they broke it off. <laughs> and now his fiance died. It's not good. He played He played the guy that she dumped from the warehouse? Yes, Roy. Wow. I just recently yeah. watched The Office, so I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> well, I was going to say this guy played a character on Angel. He was with David Boreanaz on Angel on the la- season Are three you and four. Serious? He plays like a a ghoul or some kind of um I, th- that's like what? That that's multiple episodes. So many Buffy and Angel people on this show. Yeah. Like, I it's amazing. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I, I he must have some pull. I he has to. Oh yeah. He's like, "Oh, I know a guy. I know a guy." <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know a guy who would be great. Like is really bad with fiancés. If they die, that's a bonus. <laughs> anyway, I just thought it was that's a totally different fact that I was gonna bring up. I Perfect. I'm more fascinated about everyone's connection to David Borean. Oh so yeah. Quite fascinating. I am too now. That's so cool. <laughs> Sorry, we you should... were gonna take us away with what happened during the scene. 
Yeah, but we could do like a red string type situation, like how everyone's oh, sure. connected to David for sure. We Regardless. should definitely do that. That'd be really cool. Uh, maybe okay. we'll have a listener one day who will create some crazy uh, homeland type board of crazy yes. touches David by three degrees to everything, you know? I mean, now I want to do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so apparently um, Booth brings up to this fiance, Mr. Garfield that, you know, he's like, why didn't you report her missing for two days basically? And his reasoning was that she was a documentary filmmaker. She's been all over the world. She has tons of experience. He wasn't worried about her. He's very upset. Obviously, he's in the situation and he's brought in some video from her doc, like a rough cut of some of her documentary that she was working on uh, that was supposed to be about the people that live in the tunnels, which in this episode, just in this episode, it's not because I call them this, but they're people who live underground and they call them mole people. There's like mole people being passed around as a description of them. And then the fiance starts to ask questions about, you know, some of the details of the case. And Brennan is just loose lips, Sally. She just starts spilling the deets to this guy and Booth cuts her off, interrupts her because Ultimately, Booth is looking at this guy as a suspect, obviously, because they always look to, you know, the husband, the fiance, whatever, the significant other. And Brennan's just like, (laughs) well, also, she starts to describe like the shattering of her skull. Yeah, It's like, do you want to hear that? Like, no, no, no. I don't think so. (laughs) Be quiet. Sorry. Stop talking. And the way he looks at her, Booth, the, I'm going to take a picture because he does this look at her like he's, he's like, like, so, <laughs> like are you you're being stupid? It's like the second time he's gotten like exasperated with her in like the oh same day. It's, it's so just, she funny. doesn't learn. Like this is a basic lesson that you're well, not no, she, supposed to tell this, people the gruesome details. Well, there's that, but he also doesn't want her to tell him stuff like about the case because yeah it's an an investigation like you can't be talking to everybody about it yeah it's the way she reacted to him yes i thought that was interesting and this is what i'm talking about about how their banter bickering is different yeah because she kind of like stops and looks at him and like realizes her error yes and sort of it's humbling. She gets very humble. Like she actually stops. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't argue with him. She's like, yeah. yeah, okay, you're right. You know, she steps back and it's really, yeah. I thought it was interesting. This development of with Brennan doing this. I apologize for going on. No, I, I like it. Lots of good, lots of good detail that we need to hear about. Anyway, they're watching the footage from the documentary she was shooting and Brennan spots the creeper that she saw in the tunnel earlier that she was chasing randomly so she wanted to um she wants to meet this guy like she wants to know what's going on um if she hadn't stopped talking then she wouldn't have seen that on the exactly exactly so then where do they go so they find out that they so they see this guy and they also see some other blonde woman on the camera so they find out that this is some social worker who works on a who works at a shelter on 26th um so they end up going to visit her 
right. uh, because as far as they're concerned, this is their only lead right now. Um, and this is where, again, like you said, Kelly, they bring up that um, these people that live underground are called the mole people. Um, and she kind of describes what Marnie's interactions were with these so-called mole people and how she's making a documentary to basically capture what their society looks like and what's going on. Um, she does not really like them. Yeah. <laughs> she finds them intrusive. Who, um, Ruth and Brennan? Yeah. Like she was just, she doesn't love them. You can tell she didn't really like Marnie. She thought that Marnie was, yeah. Um, in like making this documentary for the four, for the wrong reasons and was pretty intrusive. Um, but she is respectful and understands that she needs to be helping out with this investigation. So she takes them down underground and they end up meeting this guy uh, whose name is Harold Overmeyer. That was the yes. creeper. Um, right. And they also call him the mayor of Mole Town. Mm-hmm. Um, based on how she's based on how he's standing, talking to these other two people and they're kind of like overlooking from like a mezzanine kind of structure um brennan immediately she has so much commentary in the scene <laughs> she immediately is like he has alpha male status <laughs> he is a leader <laughs> um which is kind of interesting but anyway um so they end up trying to talk to him uh yes. and he doesn't really respond very well to booth's approach because he's very um, yeah blunt and very not very respectful of him yeah, no, Booth is being... <clears throat> he tra- He's treating him like a suspect, kind of, I think. Yeah, but he's also doing that thing where there's a law enforcement vibe when you're dealing with people who are maybe <clears throat> less privileged or marginalized, where he's... Because Booth can, is an imposing figure and he's aggressive and domineering. So he, he's, he uses that to his advantage in these yeah. situations by trying to be powerful. And Brennan's trying to tell him like, chill out, like, just be yeah. respectful. Talk to him like an equal. Everything's going to be fine. And I just want to point out that Booth is wearing a badass FBI jacket throughout this episode. And it says Booth right on the front of it and like this is it looks like, great it would look great with my booth bowling shirt like that's in my true. closet <laughs> you need your own booth fbi shirt <clears throat> yeah so brennan's trying to tell him to slow his roll calm down talk yeah. to him like a normal person and then booth does again another same thing where they have this interaction he yeah. goes, you're right. I'll try it this way. Fine. And then uh, after he asks a couple of questions, Brennan starts talking to him. Booth starts snooping around. He's the greatest snooper we know. <laughs> and he finds a box that has a bunch of shit in it, like recording equipment, a camera, some yeah. clothing. And Harold's upset. He's like, that's mine. You can't have that. And Brennan's like, there's blood all over this jacket. This looks like yeah. a video camera. You know, these Marnie's things. And then uh, Booth takes him into custody. Yeah. I think at that point, they didn't really have a choice. Like, he keeps kind of saying, like, she would have wanted me to have that. And 
he seems innocent enough, but we're dealing with like her body was missing a jacket and shoes. And that seems Mm -hmm. to be in this bin. Mm -hmm. Those items of clothing also have blood all over them. So they appear to have been removed from her body. Um, it is not looking good for this guy at this point. No. He seems so innocent to me, but he also seems, but at the same time, like for sure he's the prime suspect at this point. So did you find mm. the way that Brennan was like trying to talk him down, talk Booth down to be kind of awkward? Did you find that awkward? Because she's like describing to Booth how this guy is like, he's uh, an important figure down here. You got to show him respect and like blah, blah, blah. But like, they're standing directly in front of him, but talking to each other like he doesn't exist. Yes, that was weird. I agree. <laughs> awkward. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but she's coming from this sort of anthropological place, right? Where she's like looking at this. She's fascinated by the whole society and how it does, how they work and what's happening yeah. and how they, how they exist in this underground yeah, society. So she's coming from that scientific place again. And yes, I agree, yeah. obviously. It is weird. It's like somebody <laughs> it's like going yeah. to somebody's house and like if the couple is having a fight in front of you, it's like a weird feeling. Like yes, like, exactly. What do, I, what do I do? You're just kind of standing there like, um I really try not yeah. to be that couple with Greg, but sometimes I want to just like, <laughs> you know can i talk to you in the other room (laughs) get over here (laughs) what's that uh that's from a that's from a game what game is that game called oh my god i wish that was still out here on the couch um because mark says that to wayne all the time he's like get over here and i'm like that's such a creepy voice um i don't oh my know god, this is gonna kill me anyway we'll come back to it i'm i will uh, mortal combat mortal combat okay well i wouldn't know i don't play anyway now you know <laughs> okay right. i like this episode because well i liked last episode too but the last episode we talked about um had two kind of uh parallel cases that ended up overlapping yeah um so there was a lot of jumping between the two cases but we're focused completely on one case this time so the flow of that is extremely well done i thought as we go straight from so he's been taken into custody and now this next episode next episode next scene we're in in the interrogation room with the lawyer and booth is there yeah um i thought it was interesting that brennan was not there but I guess she has important other stuff to do. Well, she's got to go back to the lab and do a bunch of crap, right? So with her one body in the lab, one body, in one the body lab. in the lab. <laughs> I was this very scene. Sorry, you tell me this. Well, no, yes. I was worried about what direction they were going in. Yes, because we find out that Harold Overmeyer is like a kind of a decorated war hero yeah and i think it's pretty evident that he is a ptsd sufferer for sure and has a lot you know some mental health issues which Mm -hmm. has led him to being unhoused and living in this underground society so communicating with him is going to be 
different than it would be with another type of suspect, I suppose. For so sure. The lawyer is really trying to tell him not to divulge too much. Like, you know, be careful what you say, or you don't have to say anything at all. Yeah. And then it turns out that Harold did see Marnie's body being eaten by rats. And so he was aware that she, she was dead. Like he, he knew yeah. that she was dead. And this makes him start having kind of an anxiety attack that he had to like get out of the room. He first of all, didn't like the room because it was so bright because he was so accustomed to being underground. And then he's just like really upset. It's, it's really riling up all these feelings for him. And he wants to leave, gets up from his seat and walks over the door. And Booth is blocking him from the door. And then Harold takes a swing at Booth and Booth, grabs him and i was grateful that booth just restrained him just restrained him so there was that was it for that right was there anything else in the scene oh i just i think well you nailed it all i think i think that booth dealt with him in the best way that he could because he he realized this guy's a decorated off uh, decorated um special forces soldier person soldier thank you can I not think of words today? Jesus. Anyway, it's okay. um, so he I got is <laughs> a special forces soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of can relate to that a bit. And he does recognize, like you said, that he's suffering from a, a number of mental health issues as a result of that. Um, he actually mm-hmm. describes the exact situation that made him feel like he was a good soldier, but a, a bad person. Mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine like it, there's no way you wouldn't end up with some sort of PTSD from that because he he shot a pregnant woman who was holding a, a grenade, mm-hmm. um, and she, fortunately she died immediately. But her son took a while to to die, mm-hmm. and basically he had to watch him die while this mm-hmm. kid like looked him in the eye, which is horrible. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that they could have shown him a little bit more respect and maybe not had a spotlight directly on him <laughs> in this scene. Did you notice that? It seemed like there no. was an like extra light above him. I Well, I mean, that's obviously uh, the director's choice, but also um, it was so different from being underground, right? Like it's one of these things like he's not used to the bright, the yeah. brightness so i think it was yeah. just highlighting how bright it was but yeah, yeah no you're right he does describe that scenario i forgot to include no. that but i don't think it was even necessary to talk about it just i that really stood out to me just because i was like so horrified that anyone would have to even go through that like it's it makes you really feel for him yeah and he, of he, course. He, 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 i don't know that was horrible I, but he he does talk about how he gave Marty something. Um, yes. And he blames himself for giving this to her, but we don't know yes. what that is. And he thinks that by giving that to her, that's what caused her to die. So, yeah. And this is the first of a few scenes where he sort of speaks in riddles a little bit, like, like the way he communicates, it's not always, it's sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, almost poetic (laughs) listen i loved harold i thought harold was great oh phenomenal yeah so he's describing things but it's sort of not esoteric but it's kind of like 
intangible like it could mean something else you know it has yeah. like um other meanings and things like that so yeah Ugh. so what i know okay, sorry <laughs> what then we end up i just i just feel like that scene just made me feel so bad for him because he gets well, arrested of course it's a but travesty he, like, how uh army like armed forces all these veterans, veterans are just thrown are away terribly and yeah. there's no support you know it's like it's so devastating you know yeah. people living with this kind of trauma yeah now listen oh i'm God. looking to have get trauma therapy myself like i'm listen my trauma oh don't even get me started but like that kind of trauma that takes very special attention yeah you know good for you though oh that's... it has to be done well that's very too, impressive that I'm you're even old. thinking to do it I'm too old to be carrying around all this crap. It's stopping. <laughs> it's stopping me from like moving forward with things okay. and being fully realized as a person. I feel okay. So, you know, gotta gotta work well, on that shit. I think you're a wonderful person already. So can't <laughs> wait to see. Yeah, you don't know me, Brittany. It's not <laughs> Kelly is a wonderful person. Put this on the record. Um. <laughs> Angela is not a wonderful person, although in this scene she does try to be. Uh, she ends up in. So this scene yeah. is Angela and Brennan in Brennan's office, mm-hmm. and in this scene, Angela is saying what every viewer was thinking in that first scene, mm. saying that she wishes that Brennan would have a little fear or like be a little bit more scared of these situations that she shouldn't just be running after a possible murderer in the dark that she should take on more of an an observational role that now that she's going to be out on out in the field more she needs to reevaluate her priorities and what her role is going to be in the field because she's putting herself in extremely dangerous positions and it's freaking angela out way more than it's freaking brennan out yeah and she offers her some sushi (laughs) <laughs> right which i was like oh this sushi comes with some strings attached so oh, yeah brennan, like, hey, brennan has to sushi? eat sushi and listen to angela bitch at her i was like angela you're a downer like why did you bring me the sushi now i'm gonna have a stomach ache from all this stress you're giving yes me. she should have brought her tea so she could spill the tea and yeah i just start like best friend best friend <laughs> yeah comes in your office and goes let's talk i want to talk to you about something like just you know not like yeah, you can just sushi talk. and pretending everything's <laughs> fine and then getting mad at her it's just like oh my god yeah for some raw <laughs> fish <laughs> also dangerous to eat depending on how your stomach's feeling right now yeah exactly oh boy well what happens back at the, at the lab yeah tell me more what happens zach and oh. hodgins are there hodgins and zach <laughs> They're talking about some trace evidence they're picking up. And Zach, this has made me laugh. There's <laughs> a couple times that, that honest, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. There's a couple times that Hodgins made me laugh. And this is one Yes. So Let Zach the record says show 10.01 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Zach says that <clears throat> something was the size of a quarter. And then Hodgins says, why is it whenever you're looking for a piece of something, it's the size of a quarter? And why are tumors always the size of a grapefruit? <laughs> and then Zach goes, that's one of those questions I don't have to answer, right? <laughs> I 
he's sounding like that's a rhetorical question. I don't need to oh, answer yeah. that, right? <laughs> and then the audience looks at Zach like, an idiot. Like he just like Zach's an idiot sometimes. Oh my god. Regardless, Zach figures out that Marnie's skull was impacted by a sharp, pointy weapon. And then Hodgins finds some kind of metal or glass. I didn't know what this thing was at the bottom of a cup that was found in Harold's box. I and this- think that it was like a, it, it appears to be like a, a seal, like a metal seal. It's a metal medallion type thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we find that out eventually, but initially I had no idea. What it no, was. at the time it was like, uh, it means it's so dirty. Mm-hmm. It just looks like it's like this circular piece of dirty circular thing my dog just walked in here just to like say hi, hi and then he left oh he wasn't interested in the medallion it's not a it's not a mm-hmm. treat god <laughs> so they find this sort of metal medallion thing they put it under the microscope they find some latin inscription on it and this is where this thread starts where they I start love this. fighting about who's going to take this piece of evidence who's going to be responsible for this piece of evidence yeah and so zach goes oh you know who speaks latin and hodgins is like yes i do (laughs) yeah i guess i have to talk to goodman and he's like you take it to him you take it to him and zach's like no i'm not touching this evidence no way and then hodgins is so frustrated because he has to go talk to goodman which is really interesting like the whole thing is like how much they don't like each other and this is a real indicator like i don't oh, want to yeah. talk to that guy like he doesn't want to talk to him it's wild even interact with him no it's, wow his his interactions are limited although goodman is in a lot of this episode from this point forward thank god which is wonderful because he yes. has a lot of knowledge that is very useful for this case um I just think Hodgins is like, he like, he pulled this thing out, which at the time, like you said, no idea what it is. Yeah. He's like, do you think that this is the thing that the victim was given by Harold? That thing that maybe he thought that he wished he hadn't given, mm-hmm. but it was like, it didn't seem valuable at the time. It, oh, it just didn't like look significant of, at all. No, it was just weird piece of metal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway. I just thought that was kind of funny. So this keeps going. This I'm not taking possession of the evidence kind of keeps going. Like you said, it's like a cascade. This was interesting. This is like several times. In this, I, you pointed out the writing earlier. Very interesting. The flow of the episode, how everything's yeah. connected. The writing is all I found it really interesting. And I should have done some research on who wrote it and who directed it and everything. I realized that, but so Hodgins takes this piece of evidence to Goodman. Goodman is looking at it with his rubber glove on trying to figure out what it says. Can you tell me what year he said it came from? 17. Let me look at my notes. I think it was 17. Yeah. 1778. I thought that and was fascinating. Yeah, well, I wasn't sure what he said, but he, yeah, so the 17th century, and it's some kind of seal. Yeah, they figured that it was some some kind of seal, but then they also call it a medallion. Yeah, but they think it's some sort of like very important, potentially important seal, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which Goodman is very excited about. Well, he doesn't get excited yet. I think he does. At this point, at first he's not excited, but then because he's like, you need to go and give it to Ms. Montenegro, give it to Angela for some x-raying. 
But in this next scene, now we're with Angela. She's like doing her thing on the computer or whatever. Mm -hmm. And is able to get more details about the inscriptions on it. And at the end of this scene, Goodman runs off with this medallion. He's like, oh my God. And Angela's like, are you going to go after him, Hodgins? Because isn't this your piece of evidence that he's taking off his gloves? Like, absolutely not. He's in charge of the medallion now. <laughs> Did I miss a... Perhaps I missed a... No, I'm going to interrupt here and just say I'm oh, please do my, my notes because I seem to not have on my notes oh i'm so frustrated my oh, that's okay save i can just, so you're gonna have to help chat me. yeah no problem i don't let have me be, notes let me They're be your helper disappeared i had six pages and now i only have two so we're oh, just okay that's okay we'll figure it out wing it wing hi tiki. absolutely let's take a let's tiki do it break. tiki hi tiki what oh are my you gosh, doing so cute tiki why are you up here you know why he's up here why? He wants me to take him for a walk to the park outside. Aww. Yeah, Tiki, you know it. He's so cute. All that's getting cut out. It's all right. <laughs> that's okay. No, you leave it in. Uh, yeah, I'm- so Goodman is very excited about this discovery. No one knows why he's excited, except Hodgins is relieved that he doesn't have to follow this evidence anymore. And it's up to Goodman to sort of file all oh, the yeah. paperwork having to do with it. Runs away with it. Like, he's very, very excited. My favorite part is that the next scene is Goodman goes to Brennan's office and Booth is there. And I, I was like, what's he doing? He's just hanging out. Like, what's he doing <laughs> Yeah, because they're best friends now that they oh. had that horrendous experience together. Yeah, I guess they just hang out all the time together. It's really, really fun. Respect each other's opinions. <laughs> You're right. Their dynamic is a little uh, new. It is um, very, it's different for sure. So what does he say about this? Goodman medallion? is losing his crap. He <laughs> believes that it's an official vault seal manufactured by the war office in 1778. Um, there's a specific Latin inscription that apparently ties to the treasury. Mm-hmm. So they think that this is an extremely rare find and could indicate that this medallion came from some sort of vault under the city that they don't, that he doesn't believe has been discovered yet. He thinks that it's full. It's a hidden um, vault with a bunch of shit in it. Like it's like of yeah. cultural significance and of like price, just priceless, priceless artifacts. Oh yeah. He, th- he's like, he's speculating that it could have like currency paintings, engravings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's all these things that were never recovered and he thinks that they were never sold. They've, mm-hmm. they've never, they haven't, they haven't surfaced. So he yeah. thinks like this could be a, an absolutely priceless yeah. um, collection. Huge, huge which find. Is, unbelievable and booth goes okay well is well it's kind of anyway uh, booth kind of says obviously this is why marnie died yeah what booth actually specifically says in reply to goodman saying that this is a priceless collection Mm -hmm. is that well i think someone could put a value on it because that's why marnie died yeah um which is pure conjecture at this point (laughs) I think but he's not wrong. Like, yeah, of course. No. Um, okay. 
just a, a thing. So yes, we're now we're going to be back in the interrogation room with Harold yeah. Booth and Brennan. Brennan's going to be there this time. Yes. Last time Harold was in his regular clothes. He had not. Been Thank booked. you. This is what I was going to bring up too. Okay. We're on the same page. This is why we do this. He's in an orange <laughs> jumpsuit now. <laughs> when I saw him in the orange jumpsuit, I was like, honestly, I was so upset for him. I, I couldn't understand why he was booked. Although I guess they had reasonable, they had enough evidence in the sense that they found this like box of stuff of hers that tied him possibly like it, it at least tied him to the body after death which could be a chargeable offense i guess because you're not supposed to well they can hold them for a couple bodies, of days but... right they can hold them yeah. for 48 hours or something i don't yeah, know the so rules I... i'm canadian well, what can i what, say yeah whatever the amount of time is i guess that's how long he's being held but they have questions for him because yeah. they they bring this medallion in and booth is like this is what you gave to Marnie. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, that that's that's exactly what I gave to her and I shouldn't have given it to her. I found it beyond the perimeter. He keeps saying this, beyond the perimeter. Yeah. yeah. Um so I guess he's living in like a specific set of tunnels, so this must be in like another separate area, another separate set of tunnels. Um and they they're kind of realizing now that he they don't think that Harold killed her. This guy talks about, like you said, he kind of talks in riddles a little bit. So he's talking about how there was a blonde that mm. he took this medallion from her and he shouldn't have taken it. Mm-hmm. And Marnie went in too deep and that's the blonde's territory where the yeah. medallion was found. Mm-hmm. And people around him are always dying. That's why Marnie's dead. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of like, okay, so a blonde woman killed Marnie maybe... Are you able to take us down to show mm. us where you found the medallion? Right. Um, to which he kind of says, no, I don't want to do that. But eventually they kind of convince him to take them down there to the edge of the perimeter. And then they would kind yeah. of like explore themselves. Well, on the way to doing, wasn't it, they left Harold in his orange jumps. They haven't gone down there yet, have they? Not yet. They, they, so they start this is... thinking about who the blonde could be. So Booth yeah. automatically thinks it's Helen, the social worker. Exactly. Because she's blonde. Yeah. And this is one of their SUV conversations in the next yes, scene. Yes, and they start <laughs> talking about treasure hunting. And yes. that This was wonderful. Please tell me this about this conversation. It was great. Well, normally when they're talking about treasure hunting or literally any reference to any pop culture thing ever which isn't exactly treasure hunting but anyway um so booth specifically brings up the movie treasure of the sierra sierra madre is that how Mm -hmm. you say it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which again i'm gonna take i'm gonna take a wild guess that you haven't seen this movie have not seen this movie anyway but in this movie brennan is like she actually knows what this movie is she's commenting on this movie because he's trying to use it as a reference for like why why someone would be killed over treasure and she's like well 
anyway, why someone would be killed over treasure and maybe the treasure doesn't even exist because she said he was saying like in that movie, the treasure didn't exist, but then she's arguing, no, it did exist. Anyway, I haven't seen the movie. It was a little bit of an interesting thing. And thank goodness the phone rings because I don't know what's going on. And Hodgins (laughs) is calling. (laughs) I think he's just saying that regardless of whether a treasure exists or not, people will die for it and kill for it with the hope that it's there, the hope of finding it or the the possibility of being rich. So Hodgins, and I love how my favorite part, of course, is how booth goes i can't believe you know this movie like this is the one movie you know and she goes everybody knows this movie and i thought about you i was like <laughs> there's no way that Brittany oh, knows yeah. this movie." no when she said that i was like do do they does that does it's everyone black and white okay oh yeah no i definitely wouldn't have watched it <laughs> it's too bad because there's some really good black and white movies i know mark says that too i can't every can't time i play a black and white movie with the kids now, I get I get mad at them. Like I used to get when they were younger, they'd be like, "Oh, the black and white." It was like, "Yeah, it is." But then they always ended up watching it regardless because they're yeah. they're good kids, whatever. But now we put a black and white movie on, and they're like, "Oh, you play they, they make all these try to get a rise out of me because they're <laughs> complaining about how old it is. But the Treasure of Sierra Madre is with um, I think it's Humphrey Bogart. It's have you heard of Humphrey oh. Bogart? Okay, so it's a famous movie. It's incredibly famous and it's about people trying to get this treasure, obviously. So anyway, Hodgins calls and he tells them that he, he believes the victim was in a different tunnel system before she arrived at her, where she was found because there are traces of diamond dust on her clothes. Yeah. Because they used diamond tipped blades to cut through the to make the tunnels back in the nine eight uh, uh, 1700s i guess although okay so but they were saying that they used industrial diamonds sorry in the 19th century they said the 19th century but this coin was from 1778 so oh that makes i guess sense that then. they were maybe it's trying fine. to like find the treasure yeah. at some point maybe right that does or make sense, I guess. That's the tunnel system at the time was in the 1800s. Yeah. That's correct. That's yeah. correct. My favorite part, of course, of the scene is where they go, okay, great, whatever. And like, you can't make that, like you said, it's conjecture or whatever. He's just saying, you can't just, Brennan doesn't like that Hodgins just jumped to that conclusion that yes. he, she was in a different tunnel system. Yeah. And then she goes, fine whatever and then she hangs up on him with saying goodbye or anything like it and- literally just snaps her flip phone <laughs> I, <know. laughs> and I love this because Hodgins looks at the tv the telephone receiver and he goes oh thanks Hodgins good job he's just like <laughs> he's so mad but it's like all the time you see that in tv and movies all the time where people hang up without saying goodbye or anything or like when people get into a cab and they don't tell the cab driver where they're going or yeah. they don't tell the bartender what kind of beer they want they just automatically just order a, a beer and they just, they just get have a beer ah, yeah. it's maddening so i liked how he said it. i thought that was the best part. oh that was, was like- hilarious it was wonderful <laughs> i think yeah there, this scene has like sort of three distinct parts because we have like their conversation in the beginning about this movie that is apparently very famous that i have not <laughs> seen and 
Then Hodgins oh, calls. I was thinking you and I could do a Patreon episode of like it's called a watch along. So you and I would watch the movie together and talk about it while we're watching. Yes. It. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I'm down. The I love watching this, movies. I gotta make you watch old movies now. The whole beginning of the of us listening to it is gonna be like, oh, why is it black and white? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, exactly. so we have our first bit. They're talking about this movie. Second mm. part, they're talking with Hodgins about this tunnel system where the body may have been, wait, may have been before it was dumped. And then this third section or third component is they arrive at their destination and they're talking with Helen, our blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, they get some very interesting information from her that she neglected to tell them initially, and that is that. When uh, Marnie was working on this documentary, she realized that she needed to have a bit of climbing experience um, so she could get down into specific tunnels or whatever. So she ends up taking lessons from these two dudes. Um, So she gives them that information, whatever. (laughs) And um, we find out that, uh, okay, to be fair, so this is all one scene. Mm. Beginning of the scene, remember... Brennan had known a movie that I did not know, but now Brennan doesn't know who Charlize Theron is, and I know who that is. So I feel like that is fine. I'm back on a level playing field. <laughs> we did miss one crucial thing. What did we miss in that whole scene? In the same scene, like you were saying, in the car, Brennan and Booth talk about Harold and how Booth empathizes with Harold's situation that he understands what he's going through in terms of how much guilt he feels about the situations that he's been involved in yeah um, and Brennan sort of turns to Booth very flippantly and says oh why have you you know killed a pregnant woman holding her baby or but you know what I mean she just asks him that very it's kind of out of nowhere and very uncalled for (laughs) and he gets really serious with her yeah but again fascinating communication here so he gets very serious and he says that is don't do that Brennan he puts his foot down he sets the boundary and says that is very cynical and very glib of you to say to me yeah and he's and she goes really and he goes if you want to know what I've done, I will tell you, but you need to prepare yourself to hear yeah. the, the truth. And she, again, is humbled by this situation, by this interaction and chooses not to ask him any more questions. Yeah. And he's like, good choice. Like, yeah. you don't, you don't want to know what these guys have to do. Like, no, there's no way, but before, I know we have to move on, but that is an important part though, that we skipped over. I found this really, again, really interesting about their dynamic. Oh, for sure. Because he's, I don't know. There was something about his energy in that moment where he was just like, okay, enough making fun of me being a sniper about like all this bullshit. He puts up with her making fun of him all the time. Yeah. But he's like, no, this is no. You can't do yeah. this anymore. Like, it's not cool. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. Like you said, he set that boundary and we'll see if that boundary kind of, if she 
whether she tries to push on that in further episodes but it's or if not that's something, something that you she do. starts to respect yeah but it's not something you do like in a relationship like this like he put up with it for so long because he wasn't as now they're they're really getting to getting to know each other right so when you start doing that like telling people how to treat you that's the different level of relationship right yeah he's telling her don't do that to me anymore you can't yeah. have fun like it's not cool and i just i really appreciated that about no that for sure piece of their dynamic every episode lately has sort of advanced their professional relationship as well as their personal relationship mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see maybe their love relationship too I okay mean, enough. okay stop it <laughs> Okay, well, we're looking at the Angelotron in the next uh, the next scene. Um, and it's just <laughs> yeah. Zach and Angela, which is very unusual. We don't get a lot of scenes with just the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're trying to figure out how the skull fracture on the left side of the skull was created because they want to figure out... They, they're trying to figure out the murder weapon. So I think they were trying to kind of recreate what the... Um, what this contusion looked like and they figure out a very important fact and that is that the the attacker would have had to have been left-handed and a sad fact that wasn't necessary to know but is horrifying um and that is that marnie died after being only struck once yeah and she saw it coming yes yeah which is horrible i don't know what's worse would you I, don't I wouldn't want to see it coming if if i'm gonna be knocked out right away i just want that to be the end of it i don't want to see who did that to me yeah that's maybe better right i think i don't know mm-hmm. oh but now we meet kyle montrose and duke dialel <laughs> Dude, <laughs> oh so my goodness they seem so douchey these are the two climbing instructors who just happened to be finished a climbing lesson at that exact moment that booth and brennan show up Mm. and oh my god kyle is either the worst actor in the entire world or he's guilty because jesus (laughs) he's like marnie is dead oh my god i know it was funny i wasn't sure how to take his reaction because like initially i was like he was such a bro. He was like, whoa, whoa, what? And then he like, Marty's he dead? kind of softened and got very emotional. And I was like, okay, okay. It's, he's working through it. He's working yeah. through it. <laughs> we saw and like I just, the seven stages of grief in one and scene. Then, yeah. Then he, he went to another <laughs> place and it was just like, wow. And then we, and I was thinking like the other guy was just like, yo, that's too bad. And then I, I was like, he's kind of <laughs> acting like weird um like he's because he was uh boning the victim apparently he was boning (laughs) this lady marnie like they were totally having an affair because i thought he's 24 years old (laughs) like this is too much drama for a 24 year old (laughs) i I keep forgetting she's like a year older than luke oh my god She's been to Latin America and the Balkans and, you know, she's a professional documentary filmmaker at 24. (laughs) Okay. 
she's basically like a youtube influencer i guess is the equivalent back in the day but yeah so they were getting intimate as they called it but then he was clear that he didn't want to get married and they ended up breaking it off because marnie had a fiance and it just didn't work out um it's just the way he answered booth like right away like booth goes i have to ask you like were you intimate with marnie and he immediately goes yeah (laughs) yeah we had a thing that's why i'm so broken up about this bro (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny oh my god yeah no he didn't hide it at all and like straight up was like yeah i was the other man i knew that she was engaged (laughs) yeah no big deal i i don't want to be i don't want to be uh what's that what do people say that they don't want to be when they have second fiddle oh you want to when they have tied down tied down that's the word (laughs) jesus okay anyway doesn't want to be tied down so you know (sighs) He's not into marrying a 24-year-old. I got married when I was 29. Was I 29? Or was I 30? Uh, I turned 30 that year. I was 29. Okay. Still. Anyway. um, Obviously, the next scene, because this is so written so well, we just go mm-hmm. straight to mm-hmm. a confrontation with Mr. Garfield. Poor yep. guy. And he was aware that there was another guy because Marnie wasn't sneaky about it, apparently. Apparently, uh, this is not the first time that Marnie no, has but it was out. over, apparently. It was over. <sighs> yeah. Um, I don't know. That seems like a tough yeah. relationship to be in. At, yeah. At this point, I think Booth kind of is thinking that maybe, maybe Mr. Garfield maybe a suspect but he doesn't really believe that they just have to kind of try to question him to try to get more information but Mm -hmm. like at this point you don't think i don't think that he killed him uh, that he killed her sorry he just seems kind of like a he's he seems a little bit lost to be honest um yeah oh poor guy oh he gets so confronted anyway (laughs) Booth and Brendan end up walking. They ditch him after they give him this very sad news that he already knew. Um, and Booth has a coffee and they're walking down some FBI hallway. Yeah. And like <laughs> this, this is, is the funniest. I think it's so funny. Yeah. So Booth says to Bones that the fact that she was sleeping around is going to make it tougher for them to figure out who killed her, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah and brennan is like that's stupid mm-hmm. like but booth is like well jealousy is the oldest motive for murder so obviously there's going to be jealous people when she's sleeping with multiple people mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. brennan is having none of this she's like you know people need to realize that women can be independent and adventurous and that's perfectly fine Right, like, like she's saying, like the Garfield knew what he was getting into with her. Like, yeah, he, you know, she's not going to be easily tied exactly. down, like you were saying. And then she's in the a middle free of free woman, yes. And in the middle of this interaction, Brennan makes this comment that the coffee was really bad. She's oh like, yeah, this coffee throws horrible. the coffee out. <laughs> like, oh, <ugh. laughs> anyway. yeah. 
and then, like does it help that she was direct and honest about her cheating i don't think so but brennan seems to think that it helps i don't i don't anyway booth basically just accuses her of using psychology and they they move on right now we're back with harold yeah he accuses her of using psychology and she goes oh sorry it won't happen again <laughs> my bad oops i hate psychology yeah well at this point harold finally takes brennan and booth to that perimeter that we were talking about um and he's wearing his normal clothes at this point he's back in his normal clothes so hopefully that means that he's out of custody we will find out it's unclear i'm just gonna say that it is very unclear Mm. um is there's a couple interactions here but yes he's back in his normal clothes um and basically booth at this point so he won't he won't go any um harold won't go any further than this perimeter but brennan and booth obviously need to go and find out what's what's lay what's laying beneath or laying uh, past this perimeter yes um harold's just gonna stand there i guess and wait for them to come back i guess so um but booth is basically asking him to make sure that they're safe and like do what a soldier would do and make sure that they're okay like if if they don't come back then he'll have to get help i guess is what he was insinuating in my opinion or if they need help he can go to them exactly yeah help them beyond i really don't think that he would go past the perimeter though no like maybe not but he could get people to help him i suppose yeah yeah anyway yeah but here's where like, booth is wearing my favorite jacket again he is there's <laughs> a couple times in this episode it, it's very nice well yeah anyway they they end up uh harold assures them i've never i've never left my men don't worry um they walk past the perimeter booth sees a cave-in says dead end oh okay well we came here for nothing however mm-hmm. Brennan mm. notices in the distance, which I don't know how she saw this because it's quite dark. Yeah. But in the distance, they kind of walk up to this area where they realize just before the cave in, there is a skeleton laying there. And this yeah. skeleton looks old AF and undisturbed. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> maybe for a couple hundred years. <laughs> how, anyway interesting there are questions but that's fine now we have that's two okay. bodies in the lab two <laughs> bodies in the lab two bodies in the lab i thought this was so interesting i yeah Goodman is back with us tell me more uh, thank god well first of all i need to apologize i've i've lost all my notes that i made that's I okay made, i can help it i can help I out six pages of notes and apparently my computer didn't feel like saving them so i'm sort of winging it at this point well you're doing great they bring the bones back to the lab and we've got like hodgins and brennan and our friend goodman who has his lab coat on and he's got (laughs) his rubber gloves on and they're finding all these really fascinating things these little artifacts that were found around the body because there's no clothing it's all dissolved but they find like um like eyelets for shoelaces and things like that but then uh goodman finds this specific button that is a certain size and it's an engineer 
Please help me. A civil war. It's from the button. Union Army Corps of Engineers or Corps yes. of Engineers, I guess. It's a half inch button. Right. It's a specific type of button that only these guys had. So they're dating. They're thinking this skeleton is from the Civil War era, which is insane. Especially we were think, we were saying you you pointed out this skeleton looks like it's completely undisturbed, which is I know wild bonkers. <laughs> it is so cool, but what and the guy you... this skeleton the skull's got a big hole in it, like somebody shot. Oh yeah, shot a hole in the guy's head. Could it be that perhaps <laughs> he was killed? because of an accomplice killed kill by an accomplice that he came this down so, the tunnels with i love this so much because <laughs> then they start theorizing about what happened and hodgins is actually like really into it he thinks oh yeah the guy killed him for the treasure and then brennan's getting very sour like you that's not we don't know that like he has it was like oh sorry sorry I didn't it's mean valid to, like... i guess but there's many other hypotheses yeah she's just <laughs> like stop stop doing this right and yeah. then zach gets into it because it's goodman's fault because goodman was like you know do you mind if we do a little bit of conjecture like he oh, asked yeah. her permission he's like can we do this yeah. and so then zach says oh what did zach say Zach says they argued one killed the other for the treasure doesn't mean the vault will be empty when we f- doesn't that mean the vault will be empty when we find it oh my god they got me too I know he totally gets swept up in the story and he goes that, that means the vault's gonna be empty when we get there he's like oh you got me you got me he's like so disappointed in himself for like getting excited about this whole story it was really, oh, yeah. really cute Very Goodman cute. though makes the point and i think it's a pretty good point mm-hmm. that the artifacts would have surfaced at this point they would have been sold off at this point if they were not they still down there even a couple pieces would have shown up somewhere yeah, yeah. so the fact that there's still d- the fact that nothing appears to have come out of it yeah means that that vault is probably full of treasure and is- we have an undisturbed skeleton from cool. 200 years ago yeah like kind of odd but that's fine this this is the part of the show the episode where we have to kind of suspend some disbelief i think but yeah um, because it it didn't seem like it was all that difficult to get to like he took to uh he had taken them to that specific location because he had been through there many times yeah although now he won't go beyond the perimeter because that is the blonde lady's territory but he obviously mm. had been that way before. Um, Brennan at the end of the scene gives Zach specific instructions that they they want to find out what the murder weapon is. So she mm-hmm. she figures out, you know what? If we take a cast of Marnie Hunter's skull, maybe we can figure out exactly what the the murder weapon is. So yeah, at least they're kind of making progress on that case as well. That part of the right. case as well. Well, Goodman wants some kind of like idea of what the tunnels are like down there. So they're trying to find some sort of plans or blueprints that would show the map of the tunnels so that because he's very concerned about this treasure or it's not really he's not calling it a treasure, obviously, but yes, it could be a huge vault or whatever artifact find that he wants to find archaeologically. Yeah, he's really, he feels like there's a sense of urgency surrounding that as well. So. Yeah. so we have, like, they're trying to figure out, okay, they're trying to figure out where this vault is. That's one aspect. 
Mm. And then they have this guy, Harold, telling them that this blonde lady. Hi, Greg. This blonde lady. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um. Uh, is basically involved in this in this murder involved yes. in Bernie's murder yes. so they want angela to sit down with harold and get a sketch made of what this blonde lady looks like because they're kind of thinking maybe not the social worker this is where angela lost me oh angela okay so we're in brennan's office at this point angela is very concerned about she's very nervous about getting um this sketch done uh because she doesn't think that she can talk to harold because she says that he's a crazy person and she doesn't know how to talk to them unless she's dating them i thought that that was super uncalled for just terrible it's horrible this poor guy has suffered through so much trauma she's she's scared of being alone with him yeah I'm like, he's just throwing him away as like, like a crazy person who doesn't deserve to be given the time of day, which is awful. Oh man. Have you ever known people like this? Cause I used to know somebody like yes. this who I'll just yeah. say like, we're not friends anymore, <laughs> but yeah, they were the type of person that, um, like if there was a, an unhoused person or obviously somebody who's mentally ill walking down the street on the same side of the street as her, she would cross the street to avoid them. Oh boy. Because like, I don't know, man, like they're harmless people. Like, I don't understand. Like, that's really sad. I think there's varying levels of um, intolerance, I think. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there's that where it's like obvious Then there's people who like just from like the wording that they use. Yeah. Can be like insensitive or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's I. I think that we're lucky to live in a time where mental health is becoming less stigmatized, but yeah, there's still a long way to go for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, I, I agree. She, I can understand from the, if she hadn't talked about him being a crazy person and I'm using but she hadn't quotes, said crazy. If she hadn't said the word crazy, then I, I can might... understand. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could understand because at this point he's still a suspect. So I could see her being nervous to be sitting alone in a room with a then murder don't suspect. be alone. Don't be alone. Like bring, yes. there should be someone there. Bring with someone with you. Well, basically Brennan, who very, it's like Brennan has grown since the beginning of the season and she does show empathy now. So she mm. basically tells Angela to suck it up <laughs> and says, listen, <laughs> like you just have to be honest with him, treat him with respect and he'll do the same for you. Like you have nothing to worry about. And sure enough, she has nothing to worry about. She actually has a really, really nice experience with him. I love her. Um, she's in this interrogation room with Harold and he's in regular clothes again for some reason. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to ask you because he's in plain clothes. I wonder if he was just asked to come in. That's what I was thinking. Maybe just asked. I think he he's no longer... But then later, is this maybe the same? But then they day? talk about him being, I don't know, because they talk like in a couple scenes, they talk about him being released. Yeah. So maybe that he just got back from the tunnel situation and I don't know, maybe he was waiting let out on in bail, the interrogation room. 
No, he wouldn't. No, I think that like they it, must have just gotten like they back from like the he, tunnels. May, oh, maybe. Maybe. And he hasn't been and booked back in. Who knows? Like, I don't even know, like, in relation to where they are, where is the interrogation room? Yeah. Where is the holding cell that he's yeah. being? Because that is that an hour away? And so he's well, just going to wait. Because FB, I would think the interrogation room is at the FBI. Right. But he wouldn't be held at the FBI building. No, there would be a separate yeah. facility. So he's probably just but maybe waiting that's around. why. Yeah. Maybe he's just waiting around and then they're going to take that him could, back That would explain it. That would explain it. Cell. I think All we right. figured it out. I think we did, darling. Very I just, I liked stuff. this scene because Angela <laughs> went. <laughs> it's important to understand. I, I was very confused. So I was like, okay, he's in this orange jumpsuit. Oh, he's not anymore. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do like the scene because Angela mm-hmm. in the last scene really, I thought that was awful the way, like her wording and just the way that she approached that situation was horrendous. Mm-hmm. But when she does go into the room with Harold, she shows him a lot of respect. She closes the blinds for him. She closes the blinds for him, makes him comfortable. Yeah. And somehow draws based on him telling her feelings. It's like feeling for math. We're doing discovery math now, but discovery drawing. Like, yeah. Instead of saying like her eyes are blue, he's supposed to say like, "How does she seem to you? What were your impressions mm. of her? How yeah. do you draw a nose from an impression?" <laughs> like his example was, "Her eyes are dead. Like she sees you and doesn't see you at the same time, like that." And Angela's like, "Yeah," and she's sketching. I'm like, How? "Well, that's like." Yeah, that's interesting because when we find out what that is, uh, well, well, I, maybe if I remember, I'll mention it later. But yeah, she, I, I, I guess the whole scene where she called him a crazy person in one scene, and the next scene she's being honest about being scared of him, and then yeah, you know, being empathetic towards him. I guess we're supposed to see that sort of change for her, which the development know, of her attitude change. A, small development for sure but it would have been nice if we could have skipped over the calling him a crazy person thing like it wasn't it seemed out of character i'll be i'll be honest i don't know it was because normally she's very like feeling and the only time she really ever left a a scene was when we were there was that a man in the car i think it was called and right the guy was like blown up in his car and there were like body burnt body parts everywhere and she was like oh can't do this yeah that's the only sure. time i've seen her kind of shy away from something like that but well we're yeah. back at zach we're back with zach sorry at the lab yes um he had done the mold to figure out sort of shape the missing sections of the, of the skull and they're figuring out okay this the murder weapon would have had a very distinctive shape it's not a knife it's not a hammer they're not really sure what it is yeah um but zach is supposed to kind of like make a list of possible uh murder weapons based on what they're seeing and they don't get much further than that because booth comes in with um a videotape in hand um Mm -hmm. because uh marty hunter's fiance had found some additional footage Mm -hmm. some raw footage which is going to blow our minds yes definitely so we're back in our the viewing room i guess this is yes in the office uh they're watching some raw footage from the documentary and 
they asked the question that I was asking as well in some of the previous scenes, thinking, uh, Booth asked Brennan, I thought that Marnie worked alone. And yeah. then Brennan's like, yeah, like who's holding the camera right now? This yeah. is weird because she's yeah. talking to the camera and somebody's holding it for her. So who's yeah. working with her? Then, ta-da, suddenly out of the blue, the camera turns around and who is it? It's our the two douches, douchebags, <laughs> Duke and Kyle are there. Yes. And going, yeah, rad man. And they're all excited <laughs> and they're acting like douches. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. they had, they had told Booth previously that they had never gone to the tunnels with her and they had told her not to go down there. Yeah. And they, they lied. They lied to the FBI. Do you think you would ever lie to an FBI agent? Definitely not. I get scared thinking that there is a cop. Like when I'm driving. I know. Me too. I'm like, there could be I saw a cop here like oh my god. Three months ago. I should probably pull up they pull up next to you at a stoplight. Oh yeah. What do I do? What do I do? Oh yeah. Like beside like beside you anywhere. It's like you you sit up straighter in your seat. And you're like, like making nothing. sure you have your hands on the wheel and you're not being distracted. <laughs> At 10 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> Greg and, on the uh, other hand would totally drag race them. So. <laughs> oh my God, for sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Where are we? We are at the legal medical legal lab again. Yes. Zach, Brennan, and Booth are chatting about this murder weapon. Mm-hmm. They are suspecting that the murder weapon was a climbing axe which is kind of starting to come together. We have our douchebag climbing instructors who lied Mm -hmm. about being in the underground tunnels. Yes. We have a murder weapon as a climbing ax. Angela comes in and shows some cartoon looking picture that she had drawn based on Harold's description. Yeah. She comes in, she goes, well, that was a waste of time. Yeah. She's like, well, okay, well, I've completely wasted my time and um, this did not go well. But it did because Goodman enters at the perfect time and realizes that this is, in fact, after he pulls up some image on the computer, mm-hmm. that this is a Rayburn. Sir Henry Rayburn painted a number of these studies and they're extremely rare, very valuable, painted in 1793, which is pretty consistent with that 1778 yes. um, coin. Although he says it's been missing since 1862. Well, Civil War, which is era, right? interesting, but okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and it's worth a ridiculous amount of money. Mm-hmm. And they realize that Harold had seen inside the vault. So he had actually seen this. He had seen this painting. It wasn't that the blonde woman was an actual person, but it was a painting that he yes. had, that he had seen. Um, Which brings me back to my point about the eyes. Yes. I like this whole idea because paintings often... In the old, you always hear about paintings following you around. Like if you have a portrait that like, oh, it's looking at me all the time yeah. or anywhere you go in the room, the eyes follow you. So yeah. I just thought that was a funny thing. It's like they're dead, but they're kind of like always looking at you. <laughs> it kind of makes sense now that we're thinking back on another. We're like, this is a painting. Ah, he's right. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Well, Booth is adamant. That they need to go into the tunnels and they need to go stat. I know he starts running. Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah. And they're like, um, it's a labyrinth down there. Like, what is your plan? 
you need to you can't just blunder around in the dark looking for them like Mm -hmm. because they do Mm -hmm. think that they they do think that kyle and duke would be down there getting the treasure because now they kind of tip them off that they're onto them yeah unintentionally by saying like we're investigating marnie's murder yeah um so let the angela tron come to the rescue this was ridiculous i is this where you did your research or is it something else this is well no this is just them like construct so they have this 3d image up of and it's it's color-coded red yellow and blue Mm-hmm. So blue is modern tunnels that are hundred that are hundred percent accurate. Yellow is, is historical, which is like eighty percent accurate. Mm-hmm. And then there's red, which is more from like mem- mem- memoirs, stories, city workers, like just by word of mouth, they believe that these tunnels exist. All that people need to know is that there's a lot of fucking tunnels. Like there's so, so many tunnels, many tunnels so many layers colors. and layers of tunnels. It's insane. My question is at this point, I think this has to do with reasoning. Did you look this up? The inductive, reductive, and deductive? Yes. I did not look it up. But oh, they, I, I thought that's what you were reading. Because that's what is, I wanted to look up. To, it to is see reasoning. What- but I wanted to know what each one meant. So we have inductive. So in- inductive is going from the specific to the general. And then deductive. Re- okay, deductive. Deductive is going from general ideas to specific ideas. What's reductive? And reductive is. Is it eliminating things? De- yeah, exactly demonstrating that a statement is true by showing that a false or absurd result circumstance slash circumstance falls from its denial right so, so exactly re- so like you did do like you re- taking uh, things re- out taking uh things away from the scenario yeah. okay interesting so i i they, like this this is really fun yeah they go with deductive reasoning and like me booth has no idea what's going on and Angela. Angela's like, okay, whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, okay, sure. So Booth, like, tries to make a suggestion based on, I like, know. the diamond dust and anyway, <laughs> Bo- Goodman shuts that down is like, that's inductive logic. <laughs> He's like, oh, See, that's okay, what I, sorry. Okay, so how is that inductive? So what he says is, what about the diamond dust? You said there was diamond dust in the old tunnels. Right. There was also diamond dust in the Civil War guys. So there, he, I think he's thinking that the bodies, that they must be where this diamond dust was found. Right. So he, they would have to be in the, the old tunnel, but that's inductive, I guess, using facts that they have to draw conclusions. Okay. As opposed to taking generalizations what's my i'm curious i'm sorry i know it's a waste i know it's it's not um, time i just so drawing conclusions by going from the specific to the general so they have the specific detail about the the gold dust dust. yeah diamond dust sorry and so going from that specific piece of information assuming they're generalizing so they're assuming this something assuming else, based that the on same the specific diamond detail. dust exactly 
the same uh, diamond dust would have been found in both locations. But they're trying, they're saying you can't. But they want to go do deductive. Mm-hmm. Which is All going right. from general ideas to specific conclusions. So they go in the opposite direction. Opposite. Yeah. Okay. I, I still am not 100% clear but i will work on it honestly i don't think that they were either because they kind of like (laughs) booth gives his suggestion and then they kind of lose focus (laughs) yeah but it's like okay they still get it in their stuff like they still go okay fine like include his conclusions so and he actually helped them come basically at the end of this whole inductive reductive deductive uh reasoning session they find like there's a connection based on yeah. even Booth's input in this whole thing that somehow the Civil War dude is connected to uh, where Marnie ended up. Exactly. I can't so tell you how, but apparently it was kind of confusing. Very. But they got there and mm. they think that it is near Storm Sewer H15B and also <laughs> Zach comes in. Yes. And says that the weapon definitively, he's certain now, was a Hank's climbing axe. Yes. So it was, in fact, a climbing axe. And probably at this point, we're thinking that the climbing instructors are probably involved. When was TikTok invented? That's a a good question. TikTok. Excellent question. It appears to have been launched in 2017. It was initially released in September 2016, so way after this. So yeah. that should they give though. Bones season one, episode 16, um, credit for that name? Perhaps, perhaps. Is <laughs> we're now down in the sewers. Yes, uh, now they have a, br- a destination. So here we are. Yeah. So here we are. We figured out where they're they figured out where they're gonna go. They know where they're going, but unfortunately. These six highly trained FBI TAC team members don't know where they're going. Um, mm-hmm. So Booth is talking on the walkie-talkie with them. And it appears that they're in another tunnel system, like maybe two floors above them. That They're around them, but not in the right tunnel system. So at this point, Booth is like, okay, well, we got to keep going. Like, we don't have time to wait for these guys. Um, and they start noticing stuff on the floor Specifically, at one point, they find Brennan thinks that they that she finds the missing piece of Marty's skull, which yeah. is wild. That's wild. Um, and Brennan just keeps calling this this FBI tack team. She keeps calling it the TikTok team, and eventually, <laughs> on the like walkie-talkie booth, also calls them the tiktok team accidentally <laughs> i know they get so mad at him it's so funny <laughs> oh it's so wonderful but regardless they do eventually they keep going they find the skull piece skull fragment and then they see the blonde woman so yes. they have come across this vault yes and what happens does well, she get a gun kelly well yeah so i'm just yeah anyway they go through all the tunnels they go through a really creepy pipe thing they finally find the this one door that had a little metal thing you open it up like a window to look into it and they see the blonde woman like you said but they can't get in so they have to go around the other way and 
uh, us are going there. Like they're getting a little bit worried. Uh, Brennan's a little bit worried because they might be coming, happening upon these two culprits. So yeah. she's like, I really need a gun. You've got to give me a gun. And he's like, and of course, Booth is resisting uh, again, because she's not very, you know, trustworthy when it comes to gunplay. But uh, eventually, again, he hands her his very special ankle gun. Twice in one episode. I know, right? But that was, no, he gave his her his like big service weapon the first time. This time he gave her his ankle gun, which is, I think, the same gun he gave her in um, Washington State when they went the to man get the, the man and the bear. Yeah, exactly. True. So then he's trying to give her like quick instructions. Okay. Okay. This is just don't do this, do that. He's just like telling her what to do with the gun. And sorry, I was just interrupted by the dog now. Like the dog just walked in. Anyway, <laughs> please leave me alone. We only anyway. have two more scenes. We're almost there, Tiki. Yes, I know. We're almost there. So they're ready to catch these guys in the act. They've got the gun. And I just love this. What happens? Oh my God, Brennan. So they walk in. Kyle and Duke, our two douches, are looting gold bars, among other various treasures, saying, like, oh, we should have brought bigger bags. Um, Brittany. Any, they're- Brittany, <laughs> this vault is insane. It's huge. There, it's- there are so many gold bars, like, they are only going to get maybe a hundredth of it. It's like, not even. Like, it's like an Indiana Jones uh, yeah. national treasure kind of level loot it's, it's wild. crazy they would have to make multiple trips for sure and even then they probably wouldn't be able to get all of it because i i would think that that's kind of a far walk to get down there it's insane and they should have started this weeks ago definitely maybe you know like when they killed marnie oh did they kill was it both of them anyway i don't know so <laughs> booth walks in says fbi hands in the air Brent is all like yeah everyone hands in the air um but they're not armed so they're just kind of like okay listen whatever they're being somewhat they're like they're talking back a bit but for the most part they're kind of listening to what they're supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. Uh, so they're supposed to be putting on these restraints but brennan is running her mouth and giving all these details like we think that one of you killed her who's left-handed and kyle Mm. marnie's former bone buddy (laughs) is really upset because he realizes before he's restrained Mm -hmm. that duke is the one who killed marnie because she because he's left-handed so he grabs some artifact and smokes duke over the head this guy looks like he's dead um like he brennan oh like that guy whacked him like pretty hard um and brennan is obviously given the opportunity to use her kung fu skills on him and they get both of them restrained and everything is fine duke is restrained because hi tiki duke is restrained (laughs) because um i think he might be dead but anyway uh yeah it was a bit of a disaster brennan kind of realizes and learns that maybe she shouldn't divulge important information about a case before both of the suspects are restrained i know she did that with garfield too she's just been she's just chatty 
just telling people all the details. Well, and not only that, but we don't really get like we assume that he didn't want to split the loot with Marnie. Marnie was going to use it for like a documentary and then the whole world would know about the about the loot and he wanted to have the loot to himself. That's what we assume, but he's passed out, so we won't know what his well, there's motivations that, were. I'm assuming Duke just wanted it all for himself, but also oh, for sure. when they watched the raw footage of her documentary, Brennan was convinced that Marty wanted it for just to document the find yeah. and she didn't want the treasure. No, she just wanted to be able to share it with the world and ultimately yeah. then it would be an archaeological find, obviously. So it would be right. taken into taken out of the public's seizing ability, I guess. Yes. So boom done we have our killer yes and he's on the ground but that's yes. fine um <laughs> and as booth said uh kyle hit duke with a candlestick in the crypt listen this is the next scene they go they're back at the jeffersonian there's the you know obviously the wrap up the the briefing after they find the killer and goodman and booth are in brennan's office and Goodman said something, or no, it was Brennan. She goes, yes, but then Kyle hit Duke with the candlestick in the vault, in the crypt, or whatever. And then Bruce starts <laughs> chuckling. He starts going, yes, uh, <laughs> yes. Kyle hit Duke in the crypt with the candlestick. And then Goodman starts laughing, and then Bruce laughing, and then Brennan's like, what are you guys laughing about? And then Brennan's like, Clue. Don't you ever watch Clue? <laughs> and she goes, What's Clue? And then Goodman and Booth oh are having God. the time of their lives laughing at Brennan because she doesn't know what the movie Clue is. And Angela walks in and is like, What's so funny? And Brennan's like, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh this my is God. Where Angela walks in and says, uh, That Howard's being released. So this is what made me think that. Yeah, he was just waiting at the in the interrogation room. He must have earlier. been. Yeah. Yeah, he exactly. must have been in custody. But we do find out so Angela says that she found a place for him, but really they have just found a place for Harold to basically go back to the world that he knows and trusts. So he's going right. back to living underground. Uh they're yes. not changing his situation, but Booth very oddly decides to give him a flashlight don't know why i I guess it was a gesture yeah i was i thought i made i remember making this note that they started giving him stuff that i assume somebody will basically steal from him like it's like yeah sometimes it's not always great to give people stuff like in that situation because it puts them in a compromised situation sometimes but who knows because angela gives him a bag um then booth yeah i did look it up like where is this flashlight from what's the significance i was trying to figure out if mark it's a, mili- that mark a military issue me. yeah mark thought that it was military a military issue flashlight yes so that's what i'm kind of inclined to think as well yeah and then, so it was something that he owned that he wanted to pass on to him, perhaps. Yeah, but it was like his sharpshooter pin. Exactly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's then, underground. I know. <laughs> but then Brennan gives him the the medallion from the vault. Yeah, that's another thing that 
will get stolen from him, but hopefully not. But maybe. But isn't that a like an archaeological <laughs> artifact? Yeah, probably. Like, couldn't. Yeah. That's weird, right? That's okay. Harold seems very happy. He's going back to his place. All is good. And what did you yeah. think of this episode, Kelly? You know what? I wrote a note while we were talking about it because it's interesting. This episode was, I appreciated the flow. I liked the writing. I liked the pace of it was really interesting. Yeah. I I liked how everyone on the team was in it and they all had pretty significant parts like it wasn't heavy on one character yeah or it included everyone pretty seamlessly like it was more interesting to see how they worked as a team because yeah it often looked like it's often I feel like you know some of them are over here some of them are like you know Angela's over here and Hodgins and Zach are here and Brennan's over here but they were working together and Goodman was involved in a big way. I love that. I love when he's a little bit more involved in the episodes. Well, it's, it's fascinating, right? Like, I just think that was really, I liked how that it was the whole team really working together to sort of figure this out. And again, I love the dynamic between Booth and Brennan and, and what's happening with that. Yeah. Um, that scene in the car where Booth was, very stern with her in a way that he isn't normally yeah um and just clear about his boundaries surrounding certain things i just thought that was that requires a level of intimacy that you don't have at you know when you're not close yeah and i think hopefully we're gonna see going forward um hopefully we're gonna see that dynamic sort of say this sort of stay the same and that she's not going to go back to like questioning or bringing up his sniper pass just because she kind of feels like it i just think it'll be interesting as they develop their relationship and their communication that they'll get to know each other better like it's just gonna be less surface and more it'll get deeper and deeper and deeper and i just i i mean i've even seen the first two seasons and i don't remember like I kind of like rewatching this because I, I don't Are remember you thinking that the relationship could get deep enough to become romantic, Kelly. <laughs> well, I mean, I know it does, Brittany. I'm not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when it does. Oh, it takes way too long. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's too soon, it ruins things, you know? Like yeah. it just ruins things. Did you ever watch the show Castle? Yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think they that got was intimate. like ridiculous. They got they intimate forever. No, they didn't. No, it was way too long. Well, I want <laughs> it to happen immediately. So maybe. Anyway, I'm a patient will... woman. I'm a patient <laughs> I'm woman. I'm very impatient. What'd I you did think? look up. I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that it was a different episode from the episodes that we've watched recently um i really liked it though i thought it was good it was 
somewhat upbeat it is unfortunate that this woman had to die for us to have such a great episode but 24 i keep i can't when you said that to me yeah i was like that seems extremely young so young it's eight years younger than me and i feel young oh my god usually it's 25 years 25 yeah years younger than me (laughs) well she was a very young girl this episode was directed by a guy named Joe Napolitano. Napol- okay. That name, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. This actually was the only episode of Bones that he directed. Okay. Um, which is interesting. He actually, he directed just like a handful of episodes of different, different shows. Um, and then like, like down to like Dawson's Creek even. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like random Ali Ali McBeal Ali McBeal did an episode of The Practice, Chicago Hope, The X Files. He did two episodes of. Um, unfortunately, he passed away from cancer in 2016, so he hadn't done anything as of 2008. So this is actually one of the last episodes he directed. I'm looking up the writers. The writers seem to be the showrunner, Hurt Hansen, Kathy, Kathy Reichs, which we're not surprised about. And this guy, Steve Blackman. That's what I'm looking up. He has an interesting, um, very interesting credit list. So this does oh, yeah. help me. The first thing I noticed is he was involved with Fargo, the TV show yeah. Fargo. Which- and the Umbrella Academy. Yeah, I saw that too. Altered Carbon on Netflix. Legion. Yeah. Ooh, here's our James Spader connection here. He did it's private practice, I think, was one of the... Remember James Ooh. Spader from yes. uh, a couple of... The one we just published today has James Spader. A James Spader lookalike. And James Spader was in a show called Private Practice, which he produced. This guy, Steve Blackman. That's interesting. His writing credits really tell the tale, which helped to understand. Yeah. Okay. This makes sense now because the writing was very tight. And I, I wonder what that's like to go in and just write an episode like that. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. You know, you'd have to know the backstory and the development of the characters and where they want to go with it. That's really interesting. He did the boy, a boy in the bush as well, and the man on the fairway. Really? Yeah. So he knows these characters. That's good. Oh yeah. That's but great. this is the last episode that he helped write on. So I guess I'll just say I don't know if we have anything to say to the listeners except thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of Squintcast. Squintcast. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me 
at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany can be found at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Hodgins! I don't know how we're going to close this off. I never know how to fucking end this fucking show. <laughs> like that. That's how I should end it. <laughs>